0: What a gift to worship with you and sing with you for those of you who are watching online or those of you in this room My name is rich. I'm the lead pastor here at new life fellowship church and I am with my amazing wife rosie Give it up for rosie as she's up here It is always a great treat uh, To teach with rosie and preach with rosie and actually we're gonna do it Uh, Today and next week we're taking a break from our god and our body series and next week We're going to continue our series And we're going to be preaching on marriage on marriage and i'm going to show you how we only Argue once every three to four years. You're going to love it Uh, (laughs) Or three to four minutes Uh, Well (laughs) We will uh, we'll explore that next week together. We're really looking forward to it But today is really as pastor matt mentioned a really important sunday in the life of our church We're a very diverse community uh, 75 nations represented in our congregation 123 languages spoken in the neighborhood But what I love about our church is not just our ethnic and cultural diversity But also our generational diversity that we have people from every generation multiple decades represented in the life of our church And so we want to be very intentional as we think about the next generation, the younger generation, and what it means to hand down faith, and what it means to uh, introduce them to a God who loves them with an everlasting love, and wants to lead them into newness of life. And so uh, we're just so glad to be here.
1: Yeah, and Next Gen Sunday is a really, it's one of my favorite Sundays of the month, because it's a moment for us to remind ourselves as a church community, as a church family, of one of our five M's being missional presence, that we are to be a missional presence in the world. And so what does that look like, especially with our younger generation? What does it look like for us to be missional with them, alongside them, to them? And so we get to do this together as a family, and this is also an invitation for each and every one of you.
0: Today we're going to have a sermon, it's going to actually be a bit different than we typically do Usually I'm up here and I preach and from very, from beginning to end it's kind of just the word of God coming forth But we're actually going to have some interludes, a couple of interludes to really flesh out what we are going to learn in our passage of scripture today And so we're going to look at a story in the Bible out of 1st Samuel chapter 3 It's one of my favorite stories in the entire Bible And this story has a lot to say to our young people in the room It has to say to our older folks in this room it has, God has a word for every single person in this room and watching online The book of 1st Samuel chapter 3 We're going to look at verses 1 through 10 You can follow along in your Bible or follow along on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, who was the priest of that day. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down.
1: Again, the Lord called Samuel. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for these stories that you share of imperfect people striving Mm. to follow you and to live for you. I pray this time together with our church family is a time where you will open our hearts and our ears to hear what you are saying to us. Bless our time together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: From 2002 to 2011, there was a commercial that went really viral And the reason it went viral was because there was a particular phrase that many of us remember to this day Uh, Verizon had come out with a commercial about the expanding cell coverage that they had around the country And as 2002 emerged and cell phones were becoming more and more of a reality One of the challenges that people had was you could not get good cell coverage everywhere you went Which is still the place for me because I have AT&T and so um, (laughs) that's neither here nor there But there was a phrase that emerged out of this commercial was and the phrase was can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And So the guy would go into some random place in the country and say can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me now? Good. His name was the test man They called him and he would go around asking if you could hear him now when I think about our passage This morning, I can't help but to think the Lord looking at us and saying, can you hear me now? Because God is speaking. One of the things that we see in the scriptures, one of the things that we see throughout the story of the Bible, is that we have a God who longs to communicate to us. We have a God who longs to get in touch to us and with us. We have a God who is speaking. The question is not, or the issue is not whether God is speaking or not. The issue is whether we are listening Whether we are able to discern the voice of God And what we see in our passage today is something we all need to hear We serve a speaking God A God who's always reaching out to us in love And this is what we find in the story in 1 Samuel In 1 Samuel, the story actually begins with a mother, a woman by the name Hannah She was a woman who was asking God to give her a child For many years, she was praying this prayer and for whatever reason, the Lord had not answered that prayer up to that point. Hannah would struggle with this lack of receiving this news, the lack of having a child. I imagine that if Hannah came to New Life Fellowship Church last week, would have been a hard week for her on Mother's Day. As it is for many women in our church and many people around the world, longing for a child... But for whatever reason she didn't have one and so she goes to the temple praying lord Could you could you answer my prayer and eli the priest sees her and delivers a word to her letting her know That she will indeed Have a child and so hannah receives an answer to her prayer and after she receives uh, This wonderful gift and her son samuel a couple of years later. She actually dedicates him to the lord And we find that Samuel had something that every child and every teenager needs. Sammy had something, uh, and and Rosie's going to really explore that for us, because this is what every child and every teenager needs in our day as well.
1: One of the first things that Samuel had was he had a parent, an adult, who took the time to dedicate him to the Lord. Which is, um, I mean, we do that today, um, and it looks different culturally, but what's fascinating about this is that she consciously made this decision to say, I want to give my child to the Lord. I want my child's gaze to constantly turn to the Lord. And that's what I see dedication being. Dedication, especially when we think about, for example, baby dedication. It is the first step or the first time we are saying, Lord, gaze upon my child and bless him, but also I'm turning my child towards you. I'm turning their gaze to you. And this is a first step in a long journey of this child's life. And so when I think about, well, you know, what does dedication mean? I looked up the definition, and one of them is to devote time, effort, or one's self to a particular task. And when we think about that in the lives of young people, that are in our lives, whether they're our own children, nieces, nephews, friends, children. We think about, well, what does that look like to devote time and energy? And for me, this looks like an everyday occurrence. Every day when when anxiety comes, you're helping turn your child's gaze towards God. God has an answer for your anxiety. Whenever you're praying, you're teaching your child how to pray, this is how you turn your gaze towards God. This is how you turn your heart towards God. Conversations at the dinner table, or even in key moments in life, big transitions or big moments uh, like birthdays. Birthdays are a wonderful time to help us turn our kids' gazes to the Lord. Or perhaps there's some sort of diagnosis Um, or even introducing traditions into your child's life that you can incorporate on a seasonal basis to help turn your gaze, your child's gaze, your niece's gaze towards God, that he is here, now, ever-present. And so one of the ways we do that here at New Life is uh, we start that journey is through baby dedication. I know we had a baby dedication yesterday where we dedicated not just babies, but we actually call it family dedication because we're not just dedicating these children to the Lord. We're dedicating these families Mm. to the Lord as well.
0: And what's interesting is I just want to note an important difference in how we do baby dedication and what happened in the story in Samuel. Hannah's mom literally dropped Samuel off at the temple and said, All right, see you later, son. Uh, serve the Lord. We don't do that here at New Life, okay? And so please don't drop your child off at our church. We're not taking them, all right? Uh, but we do want to dedicate and, and shift their their lives and their hearts before the Lord. And so yesterday we had a family de- dedication. And in our first service we blessed and prayed as a community over uh, young children in our church And we want to do the same for four families who dedicated their child yesterday We want to bless them because whenever there's a a child that's dedicated in our church This is a family thing. This is a church thing. This is not just a separate thing And so we're going to invite in a moment um, The Goins family, the Montego family, the Eng family, and the Mason family to come up because we want to pray for them and dedicate their children unto the Lord. And so, families, why don't you come up on the stage? And as they come up, give a big round of applause for them. Hi, guys. Amen. Hi, Rosie's going to uh, offer a prayer. Over these families and over these children And you can follow that prayer on the screen But I want to invite you as we do those, offer those words as a community This is a community thing here To extend your hand as a sign of God's blessing over their lives That they would turn to the Lord And turn their children to the Lord The God who is always with us, for us, moving towards us in love
1: So we want to invite you to extend your hand as a church family blessing towards these families, parents, and kids. How marvelous it is, O Lord, Mm. that you contemplated each of us before we were made. How marvelous that you considered and created us, decreeing the very time and place each of us should enter the world to live out our own part of your grand story. And so we celebrate the lives of these children in the epic tale of redemption. We give thanks that their life and days are woven with ours, that we might share the joys and the burdens of life Mm. together, delighting in ways your glory is reflected in the unrepeatable gift of their being. You have created each of us, O Lord, to bear your image in unique expression, reflecting a facet of your glory in a way that no other person in all of history will so that by knowing one another, we might know you better. And so we celebrate and honor your image, O God, uniquely reflected in the life and in the personhood of these children. Bless these children in the years to come. May they know the comfort of your presence, the certainty of your purpose, and the consolation of your love at work in their lives. Grant them wisdom, maturity, vision, and passion in increasing measure, that they might be an instrument well-honed for the building of your kingdom. Bless them with loving family and enduring friendships. May they invest their moments well in all their years, living life always with the end in view in pursuit of that eternal prize that will allow them to look ever with gladness and never with regret upon the passing of their years. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Amen.
0: Amen Thank you family Thank you parents So good to have you And blessings to all the children As we enact really the story of Samuel Blessings to you. you Thank you Thank you And so Samuel Is dedicated before the Lord He's dedicated to the Lord Prayers of blessing go over Samuel's life But here's the interesting thing about Samuel's trajectory and his story Samuel as it were grows up in church But here's the thing about his life Even though he grows up in church He's not familiar with the voice of the Lord This is an interesting thing that you could grow up in an environment But not be familiar with with the presence of god within that environment and so samuel grows up in church uh doesn't recognize the voice of the lord and then we have the moment where we read where one day little samuel we don't exactly know how old he is but I imagine maybe he's a middle schooler, he's sitting down, he's laying, and, 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 and the voice of the Lord comes to Samuel, 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 and he thinks Eli, the old priest, is calling him, and so he runs to Eli and says, uh, what happened? And he says, I didn't call you, you can go right back to sleep. He hears the voice again, Samuel, Samuel, he runs to Eli, Eli says, it wasn't me, man, go back to sleep. A third time, Samuel Samuel, Because this guys he's playing uh, some trick on me He goes back to Eli and says You called me a third time And then he realizes, wait a second God must be trying to get his attention Samuel, the next time You hear that voice Call your name I want you to say, here I am When I think about That story I think about a couple of important theological And biblical truths to hold on to Number one god's voice keeps on coming Mm -hmm. praise the lord god's voice in every year in every generation keeps on coming god comes to us in our childhood years whether we can hear it or not or discern it or not that's a whole nother question but god's voice is always coming For you middle schoolers, for you elementary students that are here in this room, for you high school students, I want to let you know God's voice is coming to you. Mm -hmm. God is speaking to you. God wants to get your attention. He has a purpose, a plan, good things for your life. God wants to call you to himself. God is speaking to you in dreams. God is speaking to you through his word. God is speaking to you through the body of Christ. Young person, God wants your attention. God is speaking to you right this moment. And not just the young child, not just the elementary student, not just the middle schooler or the high schooler or the college student, but every single one of us, God is trying to get your attention right this very moment because God's voice keeps on coming. And what I love about this is when God comes to Samuel, it reminds us that this is the same God who comes to every generation. That young people don't have Holy Spirit Junior We might have Disney Junior And all the other stuff But there's no Holy Spirit Junior The same Spirit of God That's at work in adults lives Is the same Spirit of God That wants to be at work in children's lives God is speaking God is moving God is moving towards the world in love And we must begin to pay attention to this And what Samuel needed in that moment Was someone To help him discern the voice of God. In that particular moment, he needed someone a little bit more advanced, someone who's lived a little bit longer to say, oh, I know what's happening here. God is trying to get your attention.
1: That's right. Samuel had Eli. Eli. And so what does this mean for you? Um, that's pretty much the second thing that Samuel had. Not only did Samuel have his mother who dedicated him to the Lord and said, this is my commitment. I'm gonna work towards keeping my son's gaze on the Lord and I'm dedicating him to the Lord. But he also had another adult in his life who would help him discern the voice of God to help him learn about what that looks like and what, is it, what does God's voice even sound like? And so as we as we look at this, I think it's important to remember, well, what is my role in this? As a parent, who are you inviting to be Eli in your child's life? Who is one person you can think of, two people you can think of, either at church or at home, among your family, who can be Eli, helping your child recognize God's voice? And for those of you who may not have a child, the question is, is what kind of an Eli are you going to be? What What has been about your journey? What have you learned throughout your own journey in which you can help walk alongside another young person and help them discern the voice of God? And so those are the two things I think about. Um, And so one of the things, one of the ways um, that we want to celebrate people, young people specifically, who have been walked alongside um, either by a parent, a family friend, someone in the church, or honestly all of the above, Um, we're going to celebrate... The baptism of one of our middle schoolers today
0: and when we think about how new lifers and young kids are responding to Jesus And the impact that other people have had in their lives I think about the people who have shaped my life and the people who have shaped rosie's life as well Because when we were younger there were other people in our lives who are helping us To pay attention to god Praying for us in our moments and rosie has some people yeah. in her lives and I have some people in my own life and we just want to shout them out for a moment because they have made such an impact in our own lives, and we have an opportunity to make the same impact in our next generation.
1: So me growing up, I grew up in church, which is different than, than Rich, Rich's um, childhood growing up. I grew up in church. My parents were pastors and leaders in, in the church, and so um, I was blessed to have my parents who were constantly praying for me and sharing with me the gospel and sharing with me along my own journeys, my ups and downs. Um, But besides them, I remember, and I have in my face, in my face, in my mind, the faces, the faces and the names of some beautiful women of God who walked alongside me at one point or another. First is my mom. That's me and my mom in the top corner. She is a mighty woman of God who has a compassionate heart that is so so large and I strive to be just like her. Um, On the left is Hermana Lucy. She was a family friend. She grew up with us. She led us along the way and we went to her house and we made a mess and she guided us and always pointed us to God. And then we have also Hermana Annette um, who is also a family friend and neither of these women had perfect lives. But I saw them walk faithfully with the Lord. And I saw a real-life example of what it means to follow Jesus. And, um, and they were a true blessing to me and helped me be where I am today and my faith be able to grow to the place it is today.
0: When I became a Christian, it was later on in life, I didn't really grow up in the church as Rosie, but I became a follower of Jesus at 19 years of age. But when I was a child, I would go to church from time to time. As I've shared before, and I used to think that my parents used to send me to church with my grandparents and my aunts Because they were really invested in my spiritual development It turns out that because I went to a Latino Pentecostal church that had four-hour services, that's good childcare. And so they would say, don't go to the Catholic church, that only has one-hour services go to, the, go to the Pentecostal church, because we need to get laundry done, we need to take a nap Grocery shopping, go to that church And so... It was there where I had my first conceptions of God It was there where my aunt and my grandfather and grandmother Would tell me stories about Jesus and tell me stories about the Bible It was there, my grandfather's on the top My my aunt Minerva's on the left and my aunt Lydia's on the right And when I became a follower of Jesus as a teenager There was, in the first two to three years of my life And when I say this is literal, this is literal Every single day, one of the three of them guided me on my journey My Aunt Minerva lived below me in our home My Aunt Lydia lived down the block from me As did my grandfather And I had so many questions I had questions about faith I had questions about the Bible I had questions about my own longings and desires And I had other people in my life Who were guiding me to God Helping me to discern the voice And the will of God for my own life And what I've discovered in our church Is that there are people who are responding Children, young people Who are responding to God's invitation In our first service we heard of a new lifer Who responded to the voice of Jesus Calling him to follow him And said yes to being baptized And we're going to hear the story of another new lifer By the name of Anna Sophia And we're going to hear her story Of her responding to Jesus Her wanting to get baptized her letting the world know i want to follow the lord jesus christ And as it is in our tradition at new life, we hear the story of someone who's getting baptized We'll see their story on the screen and then they'll get baptized And then as we do every time someone gets baptized in our church We really celebrate and clap and shout because this is a wonderful wonderful day In the life of this young person and so check out anna Sophia's story and then we'll watch her get baptized
2: My name is Ana Sofia Valenzuela, Um, I'm 11 years old and I live in Washington Heights, Manhattan. So before I went to this all girls Christian camp called Tapawingo, I felt a lot of turmoil and a lot of confusion on my faith and um, who I was as like a racially mixed child and how I wanted people to view me and not view me. I felt like people weren't accepting who I was, who I wanted to be. Um, and I just had a lot of struggles with that. In my second year at this all girls tapu-wingo camp, after one of the worship nights, I remember going to bed and I just felt this like insane amount of just conviction and weight and just this like turmoil inside and after um, not being able to go to sleep I went out outside of my cabin and me and my cabin counselor just had a long conversation of like all that I was feeling and I told her about my struggles before coming and all that stuff. As I went back into my bed I sort of just laid down. And I felt this, like, this, just this holy, this uh, this graceful, um, majestic, like, being sort of just, like, embraced me. And I just felt that, like, hug, sort of. And I can remember just crying, like, directly into their arms. And then when they left, it was just sort of, like, all my weight just sort of dispersed. And there was just this peace that, like, encompassed me. Matthew 11:28 28 to 30 I skipped a couple words but um, it goes come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest for I am gentle and lowly in the heart and you will find rest for your soul for my yoke is easy and my burden is light as I thought of that verse I literally found rest for my soul because I fell asleep and i had no dreams that night i remember i was just like sleep completely a couple days later um we had these one-on-one conversations with the counselor she had asked me if i had accepted christ into my life and i said no not yet but after what had happened the night before with the um hug or embrace i was like i think i'm ready for it She prayed for me and i said that i want to it privately so later that night Um, privately personally and verbally I sort of just like try it out telling God that I wanted him into my life and all that comes with him I want to be baptized to show like this landmark or this declaration of dependence on the Lord so I can sort of say like no matter how much I've done and what I'm going to do and there's no limit to how much, how many times he's gonna accept you and sort of open his arms to you.
3: Amen. Oh, what a beautiful testimony. And I'm sure you could see the themes. Um, it wasn't even planned. This was recorded weeks ago. But the themes of First Samuel are so strong there of adults coming alongside, of the Holy Spirit prompting and seeking. And we are just so grateful for the testimony of Anna Sophia's life. And, um, and I have to say one thing that, you know, these videos, we always have to make them short to fit in the time. But we have already seen the evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in her and her gift. Coming alive, her ability to encourage and come alongside her peers who are also wrestling with what it means to follow Jesus. And so we see that fruit in her life. And uh, I want to shout out another person, really important in her formation um, her mom and also pastor, Kim. <laughs> Thank you, Sharon.
1: It's a special gift to get for me to share just a word with Anna Sophia that it's not just that the voice of the Lord calls out to you and that he's been speaking to you, but that also he's given a voice within you. And I've seen and watched that you're recognizing that your voice is not just for yourself and to defend yourself, but you're using your voice for others. And you're using your voice for that calling to do justice, to seek justice for those who need it on their behalf, to use your voice to love mercy, to see other people in need and to love them well, and to walk humbly before your God, and you're walking in all three of those, and I love watching you do it. And so we're so
3: excited for what God is doing across all generations. Um, and so, Anna Sophia, I have two really important questions to ask you. Um, first, do you renounce Satan and his works? Yes. And do you proclaim Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And so with that proclamation, I am happy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Your hand as a sign of blessing, we want to pray for Anna Sophia. Mm -hmm. And when we pray in this moment, I want to pray that every anointing and gift of the Holy Spirit Mm
2: -hmm. would be
0: released in her life, that God would use her to proclaim the goodness of the gospel, use her to be a healing presence in this world. And so, Lord, we thank you for our sister Anna Sophia, Mm -hmm. your daughter, and we bless her in the name of Jesus. And pray, Lord, that every gift of the Holy Spirit that you've deposited in her would be released. Yes, Lord. That she would live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. That her life, her words, her witness would point people to the saving love of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, continue to give her ears to hear your voice. Continue to give her spiritual vision to see what you're doing in her and around her. And give her a heart that's tender, Lord, to receive all the goodness and gifts. You have for her each and every day. We bless our sister in the name of Jesus. And everyone said,
3: Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. How wonderful is that? We're up to our last part of this story, and we're going to wrap it up here with this. And Kim. Anna sophia's mom just mentioned it actually That god's voice is not just speaking to samuel in the story But samuel becomes someone Who actually begins to speak with power and authority When I think about the trajectory of samuel's life When I think about his future from that point on he became a mighty man of god He became a prophet of God. He became a judge. He became someone who really led the people of God. And I can't help but to see the connection that's made in Samuel's childhood and what God would do later. And I want you for a moment to imagine our own congregation. I want you for a moment to think about the elementary and preschoolers, the middle schoolers and high schoolers in our church right now. What could be of their lives? Could you imagine what God wants to do in them And through them New life fellowship church has been what it's been for 35 plus years because we've had a commitment to the next generation And our church will always have a commitment to the next generation Because this is what god invites us and calls us to do Could you imagine new life fellowship 10 years from now 20 years from now 30 years from now thriving? Continuing to reach people with the good news of the gospel Why because we've taken the time to pray for young people We've taken the time to invest in their lives. We've taken the time to speak into them, to pull out of them what God has deposited in them. And every single one of us can play a role in their own spiritual formation.
1: That's right. For many of us, we are parents. And so our role is quite obvious in many ways. Um, We're praying for our kids. We're shepherding our kids. We're guiding our kids and leading our kids. And we're doing all the things to make sure that they're healthy, that they eat vegan, that they... We're doing a lot. And so I get that, and I see you. God sees you, and you're doing a wonderful job. And keep going. Don't give up. Keep guiding your children towards the Lord. Keep leading them, and continually dedicate your children to the lord for some of us we don't have kids of our own and maybe you have nieces and nephews or friends who have children and so i think the invitation for you and for parents honestly um, for everyone in this room is to pray take a moment to pray and while you're praying here's what i want you to think about and here's a question i want you to ask the lord how can i be Eli? in this child's, in in any child's life. As I look over the faces of the kids in our our ministry here, in our church family, what are you calling me to? Are you calling me to pray? Are you calling me to step out? Are you calling me to walk alongside someone? Are you calling me to uh, befriend a parent who just needs a friend, someone to help support them? What is God calling you to today? For those of you who feel called to walk alongside a young person, be the kind of person that you needed when you were their age. Who did you need when you were their age? And another invitation as you pray, church, is I want you to take a moment to look at the faces of the young people, and you'll have a few minutes to go downstairs um, for a wonderful prayer experience. And while you're there, turn to a family, introduce yourself. Ask them their name. Find out the name of their children and commit to praying for their kids for one year. Write down the name of a child or two and commit to praying. We are a church family and we need one another. God built us to be a community for a purpose. You are not here by accident. And these young people walking through our halls are not here by accident either. God is calling you to more. And so the question is, is what is that more for you?
0: What's nice about the story of Eli What's comforting about this Is when you read the story of Eli You realize that Eli and his family As Rosie said in the first service They were a hot mess They had a lot of issues And yet here's what I discover in my own life Because some of you might be thinking I don't know all the Bible How can I lead someone in the direction of God When I don't have all the answers And here's the good thing about it You don't have to have all the answers No one has all the answers But if you can help kids with the right questions If you can help kids with your own presence with your encouragement that is more than enough And so join us in serving join us in praying join us in empowering what god wants to do And here's the good news friends in this room right now watching online We have people who god young people who god wants to raise up to reach a generation To raise up to prophesy over this generation to raise up and bless this generation and we all Have a role in that Mm -hmm. Amen? amen Let's pray together I want to invite the worship team to come forward and we'll respond just in singing together, but lord, thank you Thank you for this next gen sunday Thank you for all the families who came on stage to have their children dedicated before you. Thank you for the gift of the family of God, the gift of the body of Christ, the gift of our church. Thank you for the story of Anna Sophia and the ways that she is already bearing witness to your love and to your grace and to your power. And so, Lord, may you invite us and may we hear your voice speaking. You are the God who's always speaking, always moving towards us in love. Now give us ears to hear your voice and help us to respond to you. We sing to you now words of praise, words of worship, words of hope. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Let's all stand and let's sing in response together.
4: for me. Behind you and beside you, all around you and within you, he is with you. Is for
0: have our prayer team come to my right, to your left. We end every gathering with an opportunity for those who would like to receive prayer to receive it. We do that because listen, life is hard. Life is challenging. Whether you're a parent or not, whether you have young children or older children, uh, life is hard and we need the family of God. We need one another to encourage us, to pray for us. Maybe you came in here with some challenges in your family right now. We want to pray for you. Maybe you came in here and there's just some emotional wear and tear that you've been experiencing, and we want to pray for you. Maybe you came in here and you've been spiritually dry. We want to pray for you. Maybe you came in here and you realize, wow, God is trying to get my attention. I've never surrendered my life to Jesus and I think I want to take the next step in that direction. And we want to pray for you. And so for whatever needs you have, uh, please come forward because we want to pray for you. And we want to bless you and remind you of what's happening right after the service.
1: Yes, so right after the service, our amazing NextGen team has put together a sort of prayer walkthrough experience for you downstairs. And it's a really beautiful um display. They have um, preschool, elementary, uh, middle school, and high school um, environments set up, and in those environments, they're inviting you to pray, and they give you ideas on what are some things you can pray for. What are some things that our, our next generation are experiencing right now, how you can pray for that, um, and you also have the opportunity to write a message as they pursue a life of God of their own. And so as I listen to this song where we're saying that he is for you, yes, he is for you, but we get to be God's hands extended and we get to be for those kids too. So what is one way you can pray for them? Write an encouraging message to them so that they know their church family is for them too. And so that is the invitation. Head on downstairs to find out how you can pray, what you can pray for, write an encouraging message and if you feel God leading you to serve in some way and walk alongside someone, then you are welcome to do that as well.
0: Amen. She's good. She's really good. Uh, yeah. And to top it off, we have Krispy Kreme donuts in the showroom okay. as well.
1: Okay. And I mean. so the
0: holies of the holies of donuts, <laughs> literally oh, and figuratively. Da- dad figuratively. Jokes gotta do the dad jokes yeah so uh, feel free to make your way down there have a donut, write a message for a child before I bless you all and you can come up for prayer I want to mention one more thing about our next generation because it's tied to something that's happening on Wednesday if we don't have honest conversations we're in, a, we're in a God in our body series as I mentioned and if we're not having hard conversations about challenging things we're not going to serve the next generation well and so this uh, this wednesday coming up we have dr wesley hill a friend of mine a new testament scholar who's going to be with us to talk about jesus the church and the lgbtq community how do we love well how do we discern and navigate the tensions that exist how do we see people as made in the image of god and what does this mean for our community if we don't get this right we have no chance with the next generation And so we want to be a church that has hard and honest conversations. I want to invite you to come to that. It's going to be a great time. And um, may God lead us and guide us by his spirit. As we close, let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing. We end every gathering with blessing because the world is filled with cursing. The world is filled with discouragement and tensions. But we gather as the people of God to receive the blessing of God over our lives. Our hands are extended in a way of saying, God, um, I receive the love, the power, the grace, the mercy that you long to pour out for me. And so, with your hands and your hearts in a posture of receiving, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. May you walk out of this building and out of this online gathering in the power of the Holy Spirit. Bearing witness to the God who speaks. Bearing witness to the God who loves and heals. Bearing witness to the God who comes after us over and over and over again. I bless you all in the strong, in the beautiful, in the resurrected name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said,
4: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Grace and peace to you
4: all.